I think yoga is the practice of paying attention. On this podcast, Yoga Strong, we talk about what paying attention on the mat, what being aware and being present, whether you're in the studio or out of the studio or in the kitchen or with your family or with your friends in connection, in your heart, in your head. What does paying attention look like for your life? That's what this podcast is all about. That's what Yoga Strong is about. It's not just strong in your muscles and strong in your movement on the mat. It's strong everywhere. This is Yoga Strong with your host, Bonnie Weeks. This podcast is sponsored by Buddha Pants. And today I am actually going to be flying on an airplane for about a two hour flight. And I will 100% be wearing my Buddha Pants because we all know that a stretchy band on the plane is going to be more exciting than a pair of jeans. So (laughs) just as much fun to move in, to dance in your kitchen in, to be on your mat in as they are also to travel in. If you want to try to win a pair of pants for you and a friend, go to the show notes and click the link to take you over to the Buddha Pants page and submit your information. If you cannot wait, use my code CBB10 and then get yourself a pair of pants. They'll make you dance. Welcome back to the podcast, lovelies. Ah, it is good to be here. And I want to bring to you today this story that I've actually been sharing, sharing in my yoga classes. And I feel like it's really, it's been really transformative for me in this past couple weeks. And perhaps it will be something that you can carry with you today. And that is that I was on a walk (laughs) as I do and walking to the tree George which I have talked about many other times and I mean I I just if you come and visit me ever if you come in and you're in the Portland area and you want to come and and sit under George with me please just let me know (laughs) I will I would be happy to sit under George the massive red sequoia that's close to my house that I, I think I look up in this tree and I think that it it should be you know hanging with apes and it's just so big and and the road is a little bit more narrow there you know they're not widening the road there because because George is there and and I was actually walking by there the other day and and thinking about how I I learned George's name <laughs> which it could be any name, right? But uh, there was one day where the woman who lives in that house uh, came out and I was there with George and, and, you know, we were talking about the tree and she said that her grandchildren have named the tree George. And that is how I know George's name. And I just thought about, though, this other day about the many people that they've seen and she had mentioned to me how she's seen people come and you know they're taking senior pictures next to that tree like that's all the different types of people who um are just spending time with george and there's this root right on the very bottom kind of by the street side that you can sit on that's kind of wrapping around parallel to the ground and and i have sat on that little space with friends and I lean back against George and truly 
if you are going to come and visit Portland and want some George magic, then let me know. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out to the world, I guess. <laughs> oh, but for real, like the power of like touching trees, right? So I'm on my walk. I sometimes walk to and from George and call it good. Sometimes I go a little bit further and almost every time I'm looking for an owl and there is a, a spotted owl that I have seen several times and I've heard great horned owls in the forest right here by my house as well. I saw raccoons the other day. There's the herons, there's the crows the, and the I've seen eagles and the hawks and all the things, um, the beavers. And, and as I was walking, I was listening to, I was listening to my friend, Sarah Blondin. <laughs> she, yeah, she, she doesn't know she's my friend, but she's my friend. <laughs> Do you have people in your life like that? <laughs> Where you're like... This is my friend. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm your friend. Do you ever say that about me? <laughs> this is my friend Bonnie. <laughs> okay, this is I'm, I'm ridiculous. Okay, so Sarah Blondin is a meditation teacher, and uh, she has a lot of her meditations on an app called Insight Timer. And I would highly recommend. I've I've talked about her before, but I just again I will just keep talking about her because she has in- blessed my life incredibly by just showing up and giving something of of herself in her creative kind of craft and it has truly she has truly changed my life and listening to her meditations i just listen to them over and over again and i pay for the app because then you can get access to her courses which are longer and i would so recommend that especially her most recent course they're like maybe like even up to 40 minute talks and I'll listen to them as I walk or I'll like divide them up. If I'm going to sit, maybe I don't want to sit for that long and listen. Um, but they're pretty talk heavy, which is nice, especially if your brain feels busy and you need some focus, some directed focus. And she's really good at that. And as I was walking to and from George, I was listening to her and she said something that then I have been bringing to my yoga classes. And, and just last night I was teaching yoga and setting everybody up and shared about, about meditation, shared about Sarah and my friend Sarah. <laughs> We're on first name basis now. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I said, you know, I was listening to this meditation And oftentimes, you know, we might have experiences in our lives that maybe we wouldn't ask for. Maybe they're not the thing that we would have actively chosen. Maybe they're not the thing that we're like, yeah, I get to do this, or this is the the problem I get to solve. And, and maybe they're not things that we would, we would have, you know, signed up for, but they're here. And maybe they're experiences, maybe they're people, maybe it's a place that you're in, um, a place like a physical place or, or otherwise. And she was kind of talking about um, that kind of, that kind of feeling. 
And then she said, what happens if you treat every experience as a holy guest? Hmm. What happens when you treat every experience as a holy guest? Can you feel that? My hand on my heart, like the power in that. I have always been somebody who is looking for the good. I'm, I have, I was, I was born that way. That is like truly how I just arrive in the world and how I operate. And I think that I do because the alternative is, is not helpful in continuing momentum forward. That does not mean I do not end up on the, on the floor crying in tears or processing things or finding myself in anger or all of those other sorts of things for sure. And watching myself with, you know, in witnessing and watching myself in those moments and then being able to look at it and say, and it's giving me this and the power of an and it's not just that I'm angry about something perhaps, but it's okay. There's that. And what am I going to do with that? Do I just hold this emotion that is stuck or how do I look at it as a holy guest? Where is there room for it to move? And so I invited people within my yoga class, my classes this past week, to look at their movement on the mat as that, you know, like, what is it? You have arrived here. What, what changes when you treat yourself as the holy guest of this, of, of the holy guest of this experience? We can look at an experience that way and, you know, at this very current moment, I have, I have a low back thing and my left glute med is so active and turned on that it is a pain in my ass, quite literally. And I have gotten very little sleep over the past three and a half weeks, um, just in, in bursts throughout the evening and I'll wake up and eventually go back to bed again when the pain subsides. And, and so I think in my physical state right now, I'm finding like, you know, being in that place, but then also like I'm awake right now and I am like, there's so many good things. And this experience for me, I've just have really been thinking about how much it, it's teaching me how much I am going to be a better person. Also, how fucking strong I am and how I'm excited to be stronger after this when I can move my body. And, you know, yesterday, yesterday I was messaging a friend and, um, oof, okay. And I just thought, I just told her, I said, you know what I'm missing? I am missing flowing on my mat and, and the dance of that. And I, and this moment will pass. And I, I'm really, I'm like January, 2023, like that's where we're going. And that's when things are going to really shift. And that's what I've put on there, like a, a, a realistic expectation of, of a time frame. And I had injured my wrist in July and I haven't been able to do handstands and I can now plank for a short amount of time, which, which is a, a good thing. So we're healing in that way. So there's a lot of, of limitations in my normal movement that has been prior to this past several months. And I am missing it. I am missing it. And how then do I look at this experience that I'm currently 
in and said, this is the pain that I have and what is the connection between pain and pleasure? And how do I look at this as a holy guest, this experience too? And the generosity that that offers me and the way that I can flip my perspective, and it is a zoom out. Like if I zoom out from this moment, I'm like, Bonnie, it's, we're just going to be doing this for a couple months. And you have so much more than a couple months to go. <laughs> and making sure that I, I hold on to that perspective of zooming out. Because sometimes when we're in it and we're looking so closely and we have our blinders around our eyes and that's just what we see, then it is hard to see anything else. What if, like I invited my class, we look at ourselves even as the holy guest? How do you treat yourself if you are the guest? And it's interesting because, you know, we can have the parts of our brain that that talk about the other parts of us. And then the other parts of us judging the other parts of us in our brain are talking about that part, you know, like it's, we're not just like this one idea floating around, but we can have thoughts about our thoughts about our thoughts. And, and what happens if within some of those layers, you say, I am the guest and this experience is holy. And how do I approach myself How do I witness myself? How do I invite myself to be present here in this moment and talk to myself in a way that I would another person as a holy guest? And I feel like that's often put out there of like, you know, talk to other people like you want to be talked to and the way that we love ourselves, we can love others and, you know, like all this kind of language. But I think there's something different about this brave holy guest to me and holy as a, as you know, a word of maybe religious sort of word. And I think from my religious background, I, reclaiming some religious words has felt really powerful to me. And, and what does holy mean? And that being very personal for many people, but I think there's just this sense of awe to me. That's what I think of. Something holy, something that, that brings awe, that brings like this, this hand to heart, like where you can't even not do it. Where it's like, oh, maybe it's silence. Maybe it's in this looking, this generosity. That's what I think of with holy. And and when I think of guests and I, when I was in Mexico last month and I, I think it was just so beautiful to witness how, how guests are treated and how excited anybody was to have me show up in their shop or show up in their restaurant and the service of that to guests. And it made me just think about different different things here in the United States of thinking like, wow, we have some things to learn about treating guests and and watching how how those people even navigate together as employees. And I don't know, it was, it was just really beautiful and I and it made me, you know, think about then the same thing of like how do we treat each other as holy guests and and the people leave better than they were before they were with us. And what happens if we apply that to ourselves? 
what happens if we apply that to maybe our situations where pain is feeling strong and perhaps we are not able to do a thing that we want to be able to do and perhaps we are in a place that we really didn't want to choose and we didn't maybe even choose but is now thrust upon us what happens when our stress is high our overwhelm is so much and the list is on and on and on and there is the kids and the work and the house and where am i in it I am going to read you a poem. This is a poem from the book I Am Her Tribe, and it's a poem by Danielle Dobie. It's called The Sound of Sacred. Have you ever reached your hands out into receiving and heard the faint voice of your chest popping? For me, it's the sound of sacred. For me, it's the sound of expansion and opening being created. It's like the morning sun trying to dance its way through the linen curtains, a light rising to be felt. Laughter at 3 a.m. on the kitchen floor, a crimson pause before the moon shows herself. The night spent awake crying as you learn to sleep in the middle of your bed again. Our work is to remember that this, too, is sacred. The extreme highs and the low lows are just as necessary for our growth as food, water, shelter, and the entire horizon line. Each one creates movement, a breaking, a ground that invites more feeling to enter. Wherever you are, in your high or your low, keep your hands moving against the walls to find the break, the discomfort, the aliveness of it all. Goodness awaits you. I think this line of the sound of the sacred and the way that senses play a piece in on our experience, right? Like the sound, the sound of the sacred, right? And are we listening for it? And, and what is required for us to hear something? And what is the pace that we have to move? And are we moving so quickly in our movements and in our head that we cannot hear? that we cannot see the holy guest, that we cannot treat ourselves as the holy guest or treat our experiences as the holy guest or take the pause to lean against George and see George as the holy guest. So my invitation to you now is that you also take this phrase, perhaps you listen to Sarah Blondin, to my friend Sarah. <laughs> And yes, I'll be your friend. You can, we can be on first name basis too. <laughs> oh gosh. And I hope today you find yourself welcoming, or maybe it's not even the word welcoming. I hope you find yourself today with the eye to see things as a holy guest and to see yourself as such. And to maybe slow down just enough to see how that type of language and thought changes your experience. I'm sending you so much love. Thank you for being here with me. And wherever you are in the world, perhaps leaning up against the doorway in your bedroom or sitting in your car or making dinner with your kids around or on a break in the middle of your work day, 
on a subway, on the beach. It is not past me to know that we are connected in this way, in this very moment. Thank you for being a holy guest here with me, listening to this podcast. Sending love. Mm-hmm.